Hi there, my name is Vini, I am a Matthews engineer and in this episode we will take a look at the stress trend curves, part 1. Mechanical properties are really important for all the materials and the stress trend curve is one of the easiest ways to get some of these informations. This curve can be obtained by tensioning or compressioning the sample but for some materials there will be some differences in its format like in ceramics because in tension they generally collapse under small deformation but in compression it is completely different since they don't fracture under the same conditions for metals both curves are quite the same and to make it easy let's focus on the tensile test consider a metal sample with a circular cross-section, like a dog bone. Both ends of the sample are fixed in the machine. In order to concentrate the deformation, this shape guarantees that only the small cross-section will all the deformation happen. It is important to know this in case the sample deformation occurs in the fixed parts. This changes all the data. During the first stage of the loading, generally, the curve is a straight line wherein Hooke's law describes and correlates the stress and strain by a constant, named as elastic modulus. The stress is equal to the elastic modulus multiplied by the deformation. The elastic modulus depends on the chemical bonds between each atom in the material. Then, the higher the bond energy, the higher the elastic modulus. In this region, it is also important to mention the Poisson's radio. Because as the sample is pulled up in the same direction of the deformation, let's consider on the z-axis, for example, both x and y-axis will also have a deformation associated. If you pull up a bubble gum, it will get thinner as you pull it up. With this in mind, it's easier to understand the Poisson's radio. But it is a smooth deformation, which means that it is not visible to the naked eye. Mathematically speaking, it correlates the deformation on both x and y axis with the one on z axis, where the deformation on the x and y directions are equal to each other and equal to minus Poisson's radio multiplied by the deformation on the z axis. Rearranging this, the Poisson's radio is equal to the lateral and axial strengths, or mathematically speaking, equal to minus the deformation on the x-axis divided by the deformation on the z-axis equal to to minus the deformation on the y-axis divided by the deformation on the z-axis. As the load gets bigger and bigger, Hooke's log begins to be not sufficient to describe the curve because the material begins to experience the plastic deformation as well. It is not that easy to determine at what tension the plastic deformation begins, but usually it is determined at the point where the parallel curve to the elastic region reaches the stress strain curve with an onset of 0.2% of deformation. This point is named as yield strength, for example 300 MPa. Continuing the deformation process, the curve will not be straight as the elastic portion anymore, but at that point 
For the sample to be deformated, a higher tension will be necessary because of the plastic deformation. It means that the dislocation in the material are being created as increasing the tension and their movement is hampered, inducing the material hardening, since the plastic deformation is based on the movement of dislocations. The plastic deformation does not change the volume of the sample, since the dislocations are moving inside the sample, and the homogeneous plastic deformation will happen until the tensile strength, where the sample experiences the knacking effect. In the sample, it is physically visible that deformation of knack from all the forward plastic deformation will be concentrated. In an engineering curve, this point is the maximum point of the curve, because the machine understands that the forward deformations happen under small tensions, which is not true. This curve decreases, since the deformation calculus is done by dividing the variation of the cross-section area, the instantaneous one minus the initial one, by the initial cross-section area of the sample. If you look at this kind of curve, you see that the material will fracture at a low tension. And in order to avoid this misunderstanding, it's possible to recalculate the curve, but consider that to deform more the material, there will be necessary higher tension, which is known as the true stress and true strain curve. To resume, this curve considers the instantaneous tension and instantaneous deformation in the calculus to perform the curve, and not the initial parameters. Obviously, every material has a limit and it won't be deformed infinitely, so there will be a tension at which the material will fracture, named as fracture tension. Hey, sorry for interrupting, but don't forget to like this episode, the podcast on your favorite platform, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'd love if you could share it with your friends and family. Besides, if you have any question or are wondering about a subject, Send me an email that is in the description of the podcast. Regarding this information, it is possible to classify some materials based on their properties. And consider the stress-strain curve, we can differentiate a brittle material from a ductile material. The first one, the fracture tension, will happen at high tensions, and their yield strength will also be high, but the material won't experience high deformations. Rather, Ductile materials won't necessarily have high yield strength, but in generally, they will experience high amounts of deformation, being fractured after being high deformed. In the next episode, we will continue discussing these properties, and I recommend you don't lose it. I hope you have enjoyed. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. <laughs>